Hi, I'm Zach, and welcome to the IB Voices podcast, available for streaming on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Okay, so the IB's youngest but arguably most innovative and future-ready offering is the Career-Related Program, or CP. The CP is an educational framework that incorporates the values and mission of the IB, the rigor of the diploma program, and career-related education that prepares students for future education, apprenticeships, and even employment. To talk about the history of the CP, its core elements, and the benefits it offers schools, teachers, and students, I'm joined by Chantelle Whiten, Senior Curriculum Manager at the IB and knower of all things CP. So when you were growing up, were you arts oriented? Actually, I think I was pretty geeky and then mainly just leaving school. Yeah. (laughs) Just not wanting to be at school at all. I wasn't engaged. Like first day of primary, I had my little briefcase and I was like, I'm not learning anything here, so I'm just not going to come back. And it kind of went from there. Well, it's kind of strange, I guess, looking back that you're now in education. Exactly. What is up with that? I I think I wanted to right some of the wrongs. I think there was, like, in my context, there was a lot of gaps in education in Australia. So people were very focused on the academics um, and focused on school reputation, but not individuals. And so now we're, like, in an era of personalisation of education, and I'm much more comfortable with that um, in terms of the services we provide to young people. But at the time, for me, I just felt I didn't have any identity within education. And I guess I just felt that I could make an impact. I could recognise the unrecognised student, for example. I think I went back in. I had this idea that I'm going to serve the gifted and talented young girls, right, that aren't represented. And it was a whole gender kind of thing for me at the time. But actually, when I started teaching, the students that I tended to have a really good rapport and outcomes with were the non-engaged boys. And that's, I guess, how I got into the CP journey as well as the school. The students that I was working with at the time were really flourishing, well-rounded, just gorgeous kids who... In Australia? No, in the UK. Okay. And they just weren't represented in the curriculum. So if you don't, you know, go into that traditional paradigm, what is your identity, right? And school's much more complex than that and becoming increasingly complex with children with online identities as well I don't know maybe maybe it's my little obsession the you know personal healing where you're like looking at yourself and going how could I have fixed me at the time I guess I just had a really magnifying glass on all of the children that I taught so I think when the CP came along I was about 20 years into my teaching career but I'd always had that same kind of drive to really understand what made young people in a particular context tick So yeah, I just, I wanted to be involved in a kind of education that provided young people with real personalisation and an ability, particularly at 16 to 19, to specialise and really experience an extended period of immersion in an area that they were interested in. In most contexts, that's the last time education is free. Um, So I think we owe it to students to give them permission to spend a little bit more time and not just focusing on testing, assessment, one hour lessons, you know, that we we should shake it up a little bit. Um, be liberated from timetables and schedules and just have adventures in education. So you were teaching in the UK when you were first introduced to the CP. Yeah. I want to ask how that came about, but first for our listeners who who are not aware of what the CP is, because it is the newest IB program. I know the CP is very complicated and we've talked before and I know that 
you're so passionate about it that you can summarize it sweetly, but also you can uh, profess about it. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the career-related program, when it was first introduced, had the moniker of being a marriage between um, the academics and the vocational, the career-related aspects of learning. So pulling together a hybrid education. Then as the IBs got to know how schools implement the career related program it's more of a case of it being completely flexible. So flexible to student need, flexible to school need, flexible over time. One of the things I say is it's truly the most international of our programs. It acknowledges local qualifications, it puts them together with IB qualifications and has our really stunning signature core um, which helps to drive the entire experience for students as well. So So I think as much as it's called a career related program, it really fits into the IB area of broad balanced curriculum and very much holistically focused on every individual child. So the school you were teaching at became one of the first CP schools? Yeah, we were quite lucky to be involved in piloting the CP, so not the first wave pilot. The CP sort of started its adventures in 2003 in Finland, where a Finnish school approached the IB and said, hmm, um, don't you think you could broaden the offer to include these types of qualifications? So the school in Olu had um, a vocational stream where the students were still very ambitious, highly academic, and as we know, in Scandinavian contexts, those sorts of qualifications are held to the same kind of esteem as academic or any other qualification it's all about the right pathway for young people and fitting their needs and interests and I think the IB was really keen to take up that challenge I think the IB is always ahead of the curve when it comes to listening to educators very closely and then giving students what they need so 2003 is where the CP journey began I joined in on that journey around 2009 where it was introduced to our local district in the UK as an alternative pathway as a potential for something we could grow and it was a huge amount of risk it was a risk um, on behalf of our leadership our administrators um, local education authority who put quite a bit of money in to helping us pilot the CP so at the time it didn't have a huge amount of structure or curriculum attached to it but it did have things that we thought right that's exactly what our young people need so learning about personal and professional skills thinking about transferable skills as well having the opportunity to do an ethical reflective project all of these things sounded really different to what the educational offering was in the UK at the time and also something our students would be interested in and in our particular school context they didn't necessarily transition well to another school context so we kind of wanted to keep our students within and we started a sixth form from scratch for that reason It was a huge risk in the sense that it was unknown. The IB didn't really have roots in this area of the UK either. There was maybe one or two IB schools at the time. And also we didn't have many other schools who'd experienced the CP. So we didn't have their stories and their journey. What worked so well for us though, is that our students were really ripe for wanting to stay and wanting to give back to our local, uh, our school community. And by that, I mean like the educators, the governance and so on. So it was really a two way collaborative process to develop that curriculum from scratch and isn't it great that the IB gives schools permission and flexibility within its own framework to do that. We really, we we thought we had an art specialism and we started with that but we had seven students to begin with, nice intimate, (laughs) but all of them got into, you know, really 
well-recognised local universities. Not that that was the route um, all of them chose to take. A lot of them thought, well, you know, universities, plan B. Um, it's good, but it's expensive, so why not go to an employer and get paid to train? I'm skilled now in, I've done some sciences from the IB, I've done some arts um, as well. I feel that my own personal skill set through project design um, is working in teams. And now that I have this 360 understanding of myself, I'm going to apply to work with Jaguar. Yeah. Um, and so we had students going off and doing phenomenal things like that, things that I never would have thought of doing when I was 19 years of age. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I think there is this stigma when you, when somebody says a career education, career technical education, that it is foregoing university or college. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if the IB initially had considered what would be the ultimate outcome. So the IB at the time wrote a really broad statement, which is this particular program is suitable for students who want to go to university, further education, career training, or directly into employment. We're finding increasingly that most CP students are taking up the offer of university and are being welcomed by university. We talked, um, for your listeners, we talked earlier about a student this year going to Cambridge and we're going to be following that story because obviously Cambridge University, having taken the first CP student will be a really interesting experience to be able to talk about and parallel a lot of the DP stories we've showcased beforehand. So it's great to know that the students have a full reach of where they can go but I think that's the exciting thing about the CP is it holds up a mirror to the DP as well as other qualifications and it sort of posits the question that if students are able to study whatever they want in whatever proportion they want what are the outcomes today really becoming accustomed to being able to customize things as they want and I think that's the feel about education as well why would it be held to any other standard other than we should be able to personalize this we know the educative benefits of personalizing curriculum and making it as inclusive and accessible as possible Um, most CP schools do have students doing direct engagement either with their community or workplaces and that doesn't have to be the traditional oh you're going out on work experience this week that can be work shadowing it can be virtual work relationships we're really exploring exciting spaces for learning um, and hybrid learning with the CP. So what took you out of the classroom? I guess you know as a parent you're always cognizant of the fact that ultimately you could be designing for your own child so <laughs> that that was kind of an eye-opener um, when I left the, uh, the UK schooling system Molly was five at the time so she had just began her um, route into education so I was learning straight off the cuff from her experience not being a primary educator myself but obviously I was in school leadership running a really successful CP program where we had 100% retention of students and 100% graduation which was completely unheard of they found fun and love in education and I think every educator kind of aspires to that and that really was the thing that pushed me out of a role that I loved so much I really thought if this is so good and so fit for purpose for young people in this context I think this works globally being able to access IB education is a privilege so I just saw this as an opportunity to bring it to a wider audience to expand the conversation and to really think about what would engage with other schools globally and that's what I've spent my time doing now is understanding how the CP functions in all of these different 
communities. You know, it, it seems to marry really well with most national education systems. It marries well with lots of career and technical qualifications. It marries well with a lot of people that we have partnerships with as well. So there's a lot of industries. So really, there's no combination that can't fit. It's certainly something that's um, vibrant, flexible and growing. And for me as an educator, I guess that's where I felt like I belonged. I wanted to become the voice of something that could be really powerful, really expansive and hopefully the right education for young people five to ten years from now. Yeah. So from one school to 251, how have you seen the impact of the CP grow? That's a really good question. So I guess you could look at the impact in three ways. You could look at it from the individual perspective, you could look at it from the IB internal perspective, and you could look at it from a school perspective. So I would say, you know, looking at individual young people's journeys, I'm still in contact with a lot of the students that I taught and to see their resilience over time, young people, without going into too many case studies, though I'm sure students will know who I'm referencing, (laughs) people experience life and there are ups and downs and tragedies and changes people don't anticipate. And the CP, I think, makes or supports a student becoming more resilient and more autonomous and more able to cope with these sorts of challenges. And I find that the CP student stories Uh, are just so inspiring whether they're going on to do something in a medical field nobody thought that they were going to be interacting with whether they've done a complete 360 I know somebody who um, left my school with the ambition of working in engineering and then like two years later he's like oh by the way I'm doing nursing I'm like that's the perfect job for you I'm so glad you got there um, and found that conversation for yourself so I found it really powerful to see how much change CP students could manage post-graduation yeah I really like this idea of so you're in the CP you're exploring something that you think you're interested in but there's also value in exploring something to find out that you're not interested in it absolutely the CP totally prepares students for that and I think it also prepares schools to think in that way by asking the schools to manage their curriculum in a different way. Okay, it might be a little bit complicated on the timetable for a bit. It might involve experiences outside the classroom a school hasn't considered. But once you start leveraging your community assets, the world's your oyster. It really helps the school see beyond what's in you know, the school footprint and really connect into the community. So I think that's the CP success story on behalf of schools and also those CP schools that are working cross-nation. That's the IB vision and mission as well, is to be connecting and, co- and getting people collaborating. It's a really complex task. It's not something that's easy to do from a school perspective or from an individual school leader perspective. So if the CP can help and facilitate Um, and provide an excuse, I guess, uh, for schools to do that. And that's a fantastic thing as well. So how has it grown internally? Right. So that's always the the great piece. And since coming to work for the IB and being able to represent the CP as the senior curriculum manager inside the IB helps you to generate new conversations about what education looks like. It's so important in this role to bring the outside in and not just to bring the outside, to bring every continent, every country, every individual child's voice and to honour what we're learning from the CP program. Because the CP is in its infancy, we spend a lot of time analysing it, a lot of time researching it and trying to understand how it's evolving. 
The DP has a track record. It has a 50-year history. The CP, we want to celebrate it. <laughs> and to celebrate it, you need to know and understand and be intimate with it. So that's kind of my role. And what I can say as an outcome of that role that I've had for the last year and a half is that it's helping the IB to have more conversations across programs. That relational aspect, which I said earlier, is so complex. The CP helps to hold that conversation. It's a place where there's a little bit more permission, a little more space to have creative thought, to have real world connected to industry um, and other partner partners as well, to have more exploration and innovation. So we bring that conversation and we share that cross the organisation. So as an example of that, um, I'm a member of IASLICE, which is an international association for research into service learning and community engagement. I'm on one of their committees and it's an amazing responsibility to engage with the research work that's being done, but also to filter that information back into my middle year program, primary year program and DP colleagues minds and thoughts and to be able to discuss and dialogue that I like to think that the CP has increased that fluidity of conversation within the organization yeah so for for high schools that have the DP and are looking into adding the CP mm. how do they work together that that is a question that schools ask does this introducing the CP compromise the DP I think it's really important to for each school who's considering the CP standalone or in collaboration with the DP really needs to consider both frameworks and own those frameworks unpick the framework talk about how those things sit within your school it is very much a systemic issue as to how every school chooses to conceive the CP and the DP so as much as their programs for the purposes of qualification every school you go to they have a very distinct flavor and a reason for being put in so where I see the CP or the DP thriving everybody from the administrator to a parent to a student has a clear idea of what that program means what the value is and what the vision is for the program as well so you might have the diploma program in place for students who have a variety of skill sets um, and a variety of academic interests and you might have the career related program in for those students who want to be more immersed in one particular field I think schools often fear that there's um, going to be an issue with introducing new career related areas or not having the right career related area but there's a lot of virtual opportunities. There's a lot of opportunities to work collaboratively with other schools. I think it's so, so important to just do an appropriate portrait or survey of what the actual circumstances of the school are and how they evolve over time so that you're putting in the right program for the right reason. Yeah, so for schools that are considering the CP, would you mind elaborating on the CP core? Yeah, of course. So the career-related program core was designed really specifically for the CP. So the core has four parts to it, personal and professional skills course, uh, which is all about, as it says on the box, the skills that <laughs> young people need professionally and personally. So having a look at things like intercultural understanding, ethics. So another component is the service learning component. And again, this is all about taking action and community engagement, something that's really complex when you're a 16 to 19 year old and you're not just raising funds for a charity or a little project that you want to carry out, but you understand that every time you take a step into another community, it has an impact on the community and an impact on you. So we give the students the skills and the dialogic basis to actually talk through those sorts of experiences within service learning and also to work collaboratively.
creatively with others. It's a real challenge and it's really interesting to see how young people rise to that challenge doing all sorts of amazing things around the world. Uh, Two other components, we have language development. And again, this goes hand in hand with the IB's multi-literacy, multicultural slant um, and for developing international mindedness. In a way, the function of language development is like TOK in the DP, like theory of knowledge. It Mm -hmm. gives the students a different kind of articulation and a different kind of lens through engaging with language learning. And finally, and I leave this till the end because it's the last thing that students usually complete for the CP other than their exams, is the reflective project. And it's very similar to the extended essay, but again, like I said, intentionally designed for a CP audience. So the purpose of the reflective project is for the student to pick an ethical issue and a dimension of that ethical issue that they want to discuss. They have to be reflective and they have to choose appropriate research to support their ideas and also to challenge their own ideas. It can be a challenging piece of work for the students to complete, but the fantastic thing is, is that they've taken the time to really immerse themselves in other people's perspectives in order to create their own value stance. So it's not good enough just to, oh, this is an issue, how sad, here's some solutions. They've actually got to have a look at the impact of those solutions and what would the human impact be and that's where the ethics comes in. More often than not you hear students halfway through sort of scratching their head going gosh this is a real challenge how am I going to present it and students have that opportunity to decide actually I've got a presentational mode I need to choose and the mode will help me to decide what I'm going to communicate as my outcomes from this research. So what you see at the end of the CP is a lot of really proud students who've been able to basically project manage a really complex piece of research which makes them totally ready for university. So perhaps you can understand why so many of our students go, actually, I'm ready for that challenge now. I'm ready for university. Yeah. So before we go, I'd love to ask you if you could share one of your favorite CP stories. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I I love engaging with educators. And that was kind of a, a pleasant byproduct of working here is, you know, obviously with the IB, we work really closely with our educators to feed back into our design process. So, you know, I have to give a shout out to all the CP educators. But of course, it's, the stories are always about the young people, aren't they? And I remember going, I won't name the place, but I remember going to a school and having my eyes widely opened by meeting two young ladies who are doing a service learning project within engineering. And the thing that struck me is not for one second did they mention anything about gender it was all about the actions they were taking so I think I had a bit of an expectation that there was going to be a oh isn't it wonderful that you know women at work and we're doing all these xyz things that men only usually do and there was just no conversation about that because they were too enamored with their outcomes and by enamored by with their outcomes I don't mean in a self-serving patting yourself on the back haven't I done some good service kind of outcomes these young girls were helping to design houses for their local community helping to build them from scratch, going out onto the building sites. And the whole point was they were servicing a underprivileged area or an under-resourced area of the community. And what was really amazing was it wasn't about that final product. By the time they'd actually finished these houses, finished the project, both of them had sort of had this personal realisation that 
actually perhaps in our endeavours to do something good and what was conceived as good at the time, we've created an additional problem. And for them, the additional problem was that they'd raised the pricing of houses in that area, which now made it unaffordable for the people they'd been initially designing for. Oh my gosh. I know. Um, And again, these young girls were not even 18 at the time. And the conversation I had with them, I was speechless. I'm not a speechless kind of person, as you can hear. (laughs) I take a lot of airtime. We've edited a lot out. (laughs) (laughs) I don't mind. It's necessary. Um, So what was amazing is how they could hold this conversation. They had such an important message to convey to me about it that all I could do was just sort of sit there and absorb what they were saying. Um, Some six months later, it turns out that not only had they recognised the issue, absorbed the issue, felt affected by the issue, they also felt empowered and that they had the skill set to go in and take another step within their local community. I think they'd got to the point where they spoke to the local council and said, actually, another way that we could do something that serves the community better is by putting in outdoor gyms in parks that would be free for anybody to access. Wow, what a 360 story. They've gone on to win awards, unsurprisingly, in their local community. But again, to me, this is what education is now about. It's young people are not waiting for permission to take action. Young people are seeing the opportunity, seeing the gap, being entrepreneurial, being active and making those changes before they leave school. They're not waiting to graduate. They're not waiting for university or employment. They want to take action now. I look forward to living in a world run by career-related program students. Exactly. (laughs) Thank goodness they're coming. Yes. Thank you, Chantel, for your infectious enthusiasm and your passion for the IB career-related program. If you want to learn more about the program, its curriculum, the core, and more, visit ibo.org slash cp. Thanks for listening and join us next time for more stories from our students, schools, educators, and more. Oh yeah, and don't forget to subscribe. Thanks. Bye.